0: to the War Report Podcast Network. What is it, everybody? Welcome back to Cosmoot Podcast, episode 162 of the Cosmoot Podcast. I'm Don Lark, i boy tank on Twitter, slash, X. I'm here joining the day, Mr. Harrison Tar. How you doing, buddy?
1: How's it going, guys? Uh, glad to see everybody hanging out with us here on the live stream. Hello everybody listening to yeah, us bro. afterwards. Oh, that's you, man. That's not me. Mr. Lark's got to figure out his uh, his text chat notifications on his laptop but. With- uh, yeah, no, doing well. Uh, played a lot of golf. Played thirty-six holes of golf yesterday, um, so I'm am a little sore. Um, yeah, played from eight a.m. until six p.m. So uh, with a little two-hour lunch break in between. Uh, ready to talk some Auburn ball. Got to got home in time, just in time for tip-off for uh, Ole Miss Auburn last night, which was nothing short of awesome. Uh, that one was a thriller uh, all the way for forty minutes. So excited to get to that point. I know we got to talk football first, but uh, it' been a good weekend. Uh, not a lot to complain about uh, in the Auburn sphere. So. I'm ready.
0: Yeah, well, before we get to our meat and potatoes of this show, we're going to knock it out with some basic news that has happened since the last time we saw each other. Uh, This morning, 2025 four-star safety, Kendarius Riddick decommitted from Auburn and flipped his commitment to UCF. Auburn also had a target defensive back commit elsewhere, uh, Naeem Offord. I think I'm pronouncing his first name right. Uh, Committed to Ohio State. They do not get the V from me. Mm -hmm. AJ, what's going on, man? What's up, Chris? Uh, And then last bit of news and just or recruiting news. And this one I'm going to talk about extensively because I like this prospect a lot. And uh, see, Auburn has received a crystal ball for four-star offensive tackle Tavarius Dice, six foot four, two hundred eighty-two pound offensive tackle out of Langston Hughes in Fairburn, Georgia.
1: Big news, um, Kandaris uh, Riddick committing, uh, decommitting from Auburn, Flippin UCF. Not a shocker at all. I mean, uh, you've got a big time recruiter heading <laughs> heading into the Malzahn camp, uh, and and presumptively going to bring some guys with him. I imagine that's not going to be the only name we hear floating around uh, for young men that'll that'll join him uh, in Orlando and the bounce house, Mickey Mouse World, if you will. But uh, that that wasn't too big of a uh, of a surprise to me, and, and I mean. 25s are now on the clock but uh it's it, this is just an early uh, commitment to the ohio state i'll go ahead and give it to them the ohio state university uh you're gonna be if you're competing against uh, teams like that and you're remaining in kids top fives and you're actually back on the track that you want to be in so uh chris causey said gus still screwing things up uh, for auburn i have a whole gus malzahn got done dirty by auburn rant that we will address at a later date
0: <laughs> uh, It'd be a theoretical Thursday when that returns. I'm
1: just gonna go ahead and put it out there, folks. I'm pro Gus Melzon and I don't I, I think it was time to move on, but we said it before on the podcast. Like I'll say it a million times, like 2020. If I got fired in the middle of a COVID year, I would just I would fist fight somebody. I'm just I'm just saying. Like I'm I'm just throwing hands. Like I Gus, I I, I you're a better man than I. I would have taken the glasses off and been like, okay, uh, we're about to throw hands.
0: Wasn't, didn't Missouri fire uh what's his name? Uh I forgot I'd already, right, Barry yeah,
1: They were perennially bad. That's different.
0: Well, and also Vanderbilt fired uh Derek Mason. Once again, perennially
1: bad. Getting fired in a COVID year when you're not like in the gutter, but it, it's bullshit. Uh that's just it's just my opinion. I I think Auburn could have timed that either post-2019, then again you won the Iron Bowl, Um, or let him have the keys in 2021. Um, regardless of what you guys say. Holding on to him for another year or two, and then moving from uh, you know things could change, but moving from Malzahn to Freeze would have been a hell of a lot better than having the segue of Brian Harson. That's just a fact.
0: Yeah, you would have you would have had more uh, continuity in your program.
1: AJ Rivera just hit the nail on the head. Gus shouldn't have been should not have been extended when he was, but shouldn't have been fi- fired during COVID. Bingo, nailed it.
0: So I don't think anybody really has anything against Gus. I think it was more of it, it was time to let go, but. I, I I agree that co- doing it during COVID is just the worst part because it's like you didn't have your full team. I think what was it, it was it was a KJ Britt who was it? Uh, Lineback Chandler Wooten
1: didn't yeah, even it,
0: play here. Yeah, didn't even play. So I I completely agree that we
1: Chris has nothing against Gus. Just don't want him getting into our recruits. Yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. Uh, it certainly <laughs> helps him having a Big Twelve program now. The big time help to UCF recruiting though. So, and I don't, I
0: don't know th- nothing against a lot of coaches, but I also don't want them to take my recruits.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, sure. I get that. I was just, yeah, I, I went on a little side tangent there. I'm, I'm very much pro Gus Malzahn, not pro Gus Malzahn at Auburn. Uh, but if Gus Malzahn and Christy had like a bad taste in their mouth about Auburn, I'm just saying I would understand it. Like <laughs> I, 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 I would, I would also be pretty pissed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, if you want to talk about more Gus Malzahn stuff, we do have a theoretical Thursday up. I don't know when we posted it, but there's a theoretical Thursday up somewhere about uh, what if Gus Malzahn stayed in 2021. Uh, but to talk about that crystal ball to, to various dice, if Auburn were to get him, they're going to get a dog at the office tackle position. He's a mostly left tackle. He was the left tackle for one Aaron Nolan, who was the Ohio State commit sign, Ohio State signee, who is now like the fifth string. Yeah, there, there you go. Uh, Left tackle for Mr. Aaron Noland, who is now at at Ohio State. Almost gave him the V there. I was about to lose my mind. Uh, But what I've seen from the film from this kid, this kid, uh, the first three highlights of him on his huddle were of him just pummeling people into the ground. And at six foot four, two eighty, I mean that that can't feel good being slammed to the ground by that guy. Uh, Tough, strong offensive tackle that would it would be really awesome if especially add to the class of uh offense the line or just trenches in general because 2025 i think i have like what four or five defensive linemen and then already two or three offensive linemen uh, that is that is a class that is building in the trenches because that is how you win football games is from the trenches
1: yeah no you're you're absolutely right I'll let you, I, I'm sorry, I'm looking ahead at uh, something that I jumped on this super late because I completely lost track of time this afternoon. I'm kind of looking forward to something we're about to talk about. I'm going to, I'm trying to, what's the word, collect my armor and, 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 get, and grab my ammunition so I'm not left completely in the dust.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, i go to the Senior Bowl. That was yesterday. And if you watch that and the Pro Bowls, uh, you have an addiction uh, that you need to go get help for.
1: Yeah, they're two of the events of all time. The, the Senior Bowl is fun to go to in person. Yeah. It, it's like, fun to attend.
0: My little sister goes to South Alabama, and she's like, oh, okay, I got you a ticket for $10. Like If I go to the, to the Senior Bowl, I'm not going to get the fan.
1: Yeah, I, right. I, yeah, you know, 100%. I'm, going, I, yeah. I'm yeah. going
0: on the field. Been
1: <laughs> there, me. done that, got the t-shirt. Um, I thought it was interesting in your notes here, Dylan, that everybody not named DJ James impressed scouts, and I wish I could say I was surprised. Um, DJ James' practice films never blown me away. Like, it's just his in-game film. That's, that's impressed me. If that makes any kind of sense. Like
0: Yeah. It's it's weird that you have a guy who never performs well, or I don't want to say never, but doesn't really perform well on um at practice, but does very well in the game. But watching some of his routes, I mean he gave up a lot of yards. To, I think Lad McConkey, who I don't want to say, I don't want to say Lad McConkey's bad, but I do not appreciate whenever Lad McConkey looks good on Auburn defensive backs. Uh but the other three, uh Jalen Simpson made some great plays in coverage. Uh there was one clip that went viral of him getting like done dirty by lad McConkey, but he's played safety you can't expect a safety to do well in those one-on-one drills like that i know i also
1: know it hurts, hurts your feelings but like lad McConkey's a talented route runner and uh, uh, yeah like
0: <laughs> I know, it, i'm i like, glad he's
1: not at georgia anymore like
0: <laughs> yeah i just i can't stand watching him be good against guys wearing that <laughs> AU on their helmet. Uh, another guy who I heard did very well. He didn't really impress on the stat sheet of the Senior Bowl, but Marcus Harris uh, made a difference. Uh, got in people's faces a lot. Never really, I don't think it really got a tackle or a sack, but definitely got some pressures.
1: He also uh, had an impressive Senior Bowl week.
0: He did. Him and uh, Neymar Pritchett both did. And Neymar Pritchett again. He, I think he was. Uh, I think it was the Thursday they were uh, recording who the fastest guys were. And I think Neymar Pritchett was like number five. Got up to 20 miles an hour uh, during one of the practices. Uh, and he had some great PBUs during that, during the senior bowl too, from what I've seen. Uh, yeah. I, I find, I, I would not have believed that I would be talking about Nehemiah Pritchett being a potential cornerback one uh, out of the two from Auburn. I definitely thought DJ James probably most pro ready, but as a prospect, Nehemiah Pritchett might surprise a lot of people and go before DJ James does, unless it, a combine or pro day goes.
1: He way. looked good throughout the week in practice uh, and in drills, and as you mentioned, um, just skill skill drills. Um, he also apparently like spoke very well uh, in terms of uh, self presentation. A lot of people, I think, lose lose track of uh, lose sight of the fact that the Senior Bowl and things of that nature. You know, the the Hawaii Hawaii Bowl, whatever. Um, there's like four or five of them, but all of these are showcases for student athletes to kind of have a. Combine, combine, if that makes sense. If if you want to call it that, I mean, obviously, all oh, your schools are going to have pro days, things of that nature. But this is really when you're kind of getting in front of GMs, in front of scouts, and being able to present yourself and and show how coachable you are, uh, and and what your what your athletic mindset is. It's that is that can boost your stock when your film is when your film is in you know a B plus B in that range. But your your self presentation and, and your work ethic is in that a a plus range. Guys are willing to take a little more of a chance on you uh, and say this guy's coachable. Got a lot of raw talent, and you pair that with performing well in drills. I mean, I I I was I was proud of my boy Nehemiah this week. Um, I was very, very proud of him.
0: Yeah, I know. Your name I picture is my Jalen Simpson. I was glad that he was not on the on the bad <laughs> things that people were going through. And yeah, I, I, like how you said it was like a it's like a combine because there's a lot of guys who did like they practiced all through the week, enjoyed their time in mobile, and was like, you know, I'm not gonna play in the game, which I completely understand. Cause I think Michael Penix was one of those guys who who went and practiced and then left because It's it's live drills. And the last thing you need, especially for Michael Penix, is to get tackled or and get hurt. I did hear that Bo Nix did not look the greatest. I I think he got he progressed throughout the week, but Bo Nix did not look like first. Bo also
1: has the least to gain, in my opinion. Like the the quarterbacks there, it was him and Penix and who else was there?
0: Uh I know Sam Hartman was there.
1: Hartman had the most to gain out of that group, by the way. But like I Bo and Penix are there.
0: Spencer Rattler actually impressed everybody. True. Which, as the as a talent, Spencer Rattler has always been.
1: He's a freak haired. athlete. Like,
0: <laughs> but as a on the field, he looked great in the Senior Bowl. Uh, I saw all of the clips of him throwing. He made some great throws. I uh, it's hard for me to I'm get. Not, I'm not a
1: Rattler hater. I just like I, he's so up and down. You know, like it's it, and, and his emotions are up and down too. Uh, you, I, you, I've been
0: haunted by me constantly hopping on and off his bandwagon.
1: This is really going to piss Dylan off, and probably piss some people in the live stream off. But like, you guys want to talk about like a perfect transition from one guy to another, like Rattler Ra- Ashford, like Rattler. You take the good with the bad, uh, and and I think the, that that serves to kind of make this Auburn centric too. Like that serves to Ashford's benefit because obviously Beamer is good about. AJ Rivera, would you shut the hell up? Um, <laughs> Bo Nix, you are a Pittsburgh Steeler. Anyways, um, I think I think that serves to, like, Ashford's benefit because it, it, it seems like Beamer's really good at harnessing uh, guys that you take the good with the bad, and then Rattler's another one of those that you're like, mm. AJ, you, no matter how – no, you can send a million hearts in the chat and just, I'm, you're, you can't un, undo that comment, bro. Like, I, you, I, really, I want the I Steelers
0: to pass on a quarterback this draft and then draft Carson Beck next year. God, it'd be so funny if you had to root for a team that had Carson Beck throwing the George Pickens. God, that'd be hilarious if you had the with,
1: with our offensive coordinator, who's Arthur Smith? Folks, I'm living in hell.
0: I forgot that happened. I forgot that happened. That's awesome. I I'm love living that. in hell. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of the NFL, a uh, good little segue. Uh, Auburn, just when you thought... The coaching staff was done, written off, and getting ready for next season. Jeremy Garrett leaves. Auburn's defensive line coach, I think, takes the same position for the Jacksonville Jaguars, which can't blame him for taking an NFL job. If you see one open, you got to take one. I just, I hate that it's always Auburn's defensive line coaches that end up going to the NFL right then and right there. So they- last one. What's going on, James? Uh, but yeah, defensive line coaches. The position is now up for grabs. If you see it on LinkedIn, uh, apply. Uh, it is open. Uh, I would <laughs> like to have a full coaching staff before spring ball happens. Send us your Eric.
1: NCAA fourteen film.
0: Yeah, send me your sacks record. Uh, how many sacks do you average per game? Uh, that's what I want to see. But yeah, it, I don't. I hope this doesn't mean any defensive line guys are going to be decommitting. Uh, I don't know how likely that is. I know Gage Keys had like a. I don't, I don't want to say like a sketchy twit, tweet about it, but like a, well, I forgot. I don't, I'm not going to go into that. But I, I think Auburn's always been good at hiring the defensive line coaches. No matter who the coach is, they've always been pretty on, on the money with who they bring in. So I don't know exactly who to go for in that position. Uh, that's not a position. That's not a coaching position that I'm the most well adversed at when it comes to looking for hi- new hirees. But again, if you're, if you're good on if you know how to blitz well in somebody like 14, I will uh I will accept your film <laughs> <laughs> James well, AJ
1: Chris oh yeah what's up what's up Tim Toolman man Taylor how's it going man sorry I was just reading through coach O to be our D line uh AJ that is one of the ideas of all time a great recruiter oh yeah hell of a recruiter oh my God my turn
0: <laughs> yeah there you go now 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 we're even all right now to get into the meat and potatoes of this football segment we are going to look through the transfer portal additions and the signees coming from the high school ranks and juco ranks and we're going to rank our top five impact instant impact players from both those classes
1: you're going to rank yours in order i'm going to give five dudes um (laughs) i i I took a look at this rundown and honestly lost track of time being transparent playing minecraft and watching how i met your mother it's been a hell of a great sunday um yeah we can whatever format you want to throw this in there if you want to go in order that's fine um if you want to go one and one i'm just gonna be throwing names at you there's some givens for me that i'm probably gonna to have to rock with and a couple i mean i'm gonna be transfer heavy as hell just so you know if, if we're talking instant impact i'm gonna be transfer heavy as hell
0: I, i'm pretty uh i ride that line uh down i guess I, I two high schoolers two transfers and i have a juco in there as well uh which uh, if you've heard me talk about this juco guy before you know who i'm talking about and tim Tolman taylor says he's uh working on his wife's card tonight, night so he's gonna be in the background so being, uh, cool. being productive while listening to the show. You call that oh.
1: multitasking.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I'll start off. My number five, and I guess you're one of five uh, <laughs> on your list. Uh, my number five is Demarcus Riddick. Is uh, a guy that we've been uh, so happy to see, a flip from Georgia, uh, athletic dude. I, I, I would not be surprised this is on Tara's list because of his comparisons to one Owen Papo that we have made several times on this show. Uh, freak athlete who, I, if I had to guess, would probably be in that rotation alongside using Desante and Austin Keyes right away. He impressed very much in the Music City Bowl practices. He was an early enrollee, ready to play. Uh, and I think he is going to be a guy we're going to see day one uh, against Alabama A&M.
1: Okay, he did make my list, so I'll go ahead and copy-paste here. Um, that that was actually one of the – if if there were two of them no, – there are two freshmen. Sorry, there are obviously two freshmen. Um, the other one you're going to have on the same – it might be number one for you. It is okay. Then we'll. I'll just. just, Yeah, I'll save him for last. If he's a 99 overall and he plays wide receiver, then yeah, we can wait until the last one. Um, Yeah, Um, I'm gonna go with Demarcus Reddick as well. Like you mentioned, uh, just freak athleticism and God, Auburn needs help in that linebacker room. Um, Eugene cannot play every single snap. Well, he he can and he has, but can't make every single play. It's physically impossible, statistically improbable, Um, and uh, damn near impossible statistically. So, yeah, DeMarcus ready bringing in a great 6'2", 216 frame, put a couple pounds on him, put, him, put a couple LBs on him, and putting him on a summer weightlifting regimen uh, at the SEC level. This guy's going to be a freak, and we, and we knew that beforehand. He's going to plug in quite nicely and fill some holes that Auburn desperately needs help with.
0: And just to go to my number four spot, because he's had a position that Auburn needs desperate help at, uh, I'm going with offensive line here. I'm going with the Mississippi State transfer, Percy Lewis, the 6'8". 300, I believe, 45-pounder. Yeah, 345, 6'8". Dude is a behemoth. He's had all SEC honors before. Uh, He's going to be playing, I believe, left or right tackle uh, for the Tigers. I I think he's playing right tackle, and they're going to move Dylan Wade into guard, which I think works out perfectly uh, for Albert's left of the line, giving some uh, veteran help. Uh, He is just, again, a behemoth of a man who can make any block that needs to be made. He can run you down. Uh, He is going to be awesome next year and i don't want to hype up another office lineman like i did last year and be wrong but i'm gonna to hold to myself to percy lewis being awesome this year
1: okay um I, we definitely have three that overlap i hope we don't have five um i'll just go ahead and throw percy lewis in here i really don't think we do have the same i might have to text you while you're talking about your next piece um but just to make sure because so, i'll switch it up uh but the big thing for me is sec pass blocking experience and, and, and in an air raid scheme on a team that's really trying to shift their dynamic toward being able to run a true RPO and actually be able to air the ball out with, you know, quarterback conversation. It's not a time. It's not the time or place folks So hold yourselves back, but in a situation where Auburn really needs to establish some, something that resembles continuity on the offensive front. I think Percy Lewis is the, is the, is the guy that can really help you out. Six eight three That is an sec offensive lineman guys that, that, that is actually starting to build the frame framework of what, championship offensive linemen look like there is an element of teams are just bigger and better UGA and Alabama UGA specifically I mean hell that 2021 2020 yeah 2021 Georgia team that is the biggest offensive line I've seen in per, in person and when I say the biggest I'm not just being like oh they were huge. like they were massive like that group was huge I'd be interested to go back and, and look and I'm not going to do it right now because I'm I, I think they all
0: average like six foot
1: six I, I'm saying, it was uh, something north i know it was north of six five like they were huge this is what an off sec offensive line needs to look like if you're going to compete at this level especially with i mean the, the talent group's only getting stronger with oklahoma and texas coming in so like these lines are not getting any smaller and you need guys with experience especially at this level that's why i think Percy lewis can be such an instant impact uh, on, on this offensive line and bring a level of uh, a pedigree uh, uh, of competition that a lot of these newcomers have not seen yet, and, and be able to men- serve as a mentor for anyone transferring from outside of the conference or that's not played in the conference but a year, and which is most of them. So <laughs> I'm, I'm with you there. Let's see. Did you text me your other two?
0: I did not. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say it never fails. Uh, if you play in college with bingo. Uh, you can <laughs> hopefully you don't have to mark off the spot. Dylan and Tar have the same list.
1: Yeah. Uh, number
0: happens. three is the JUCO guy, uh, Laquan Robinson. And I uh, see so you don't have him on your list. So.
1: <laughs> I did, but I won't I wasn't gonna say him next, so I'll
0: change. <laughs> okay, so on Robinson, six six foot two safety out of the JUCO ranks. He is going he's coming out of home community college. Uh he can do anything on the field. This is an SEC caliber safety who I think is gonna uh, take the place of Zion Puckett. Uh he can do exactly what Zion Puckett does, but I think he can do it a little bit better. Uh maybe a lot of it better. Uh he was watching the film with this kid, he can he can cover any route on the field. He can hit, stick you like nobody's business. He is what he is going to be. I, and I don't want to make too many broad and abrupt statements, but he, he looks like what a good version of Zion Puckett's Funk Monday would look like.
1: Yeah. I, uh, you're going in the right direction. I'm going to say another name kind of a, to a similar tune uh, here in a minute. Not right this second. I'm actually going somewhere completely different. And I'm staying on the defense side of the ball. I really like the upside of Trill Carter. Um, Dylan, I'm, I'm really, really interested to see what he brings to, to the Auburn defensive front and a front that needs help. Uh, this is going to be a common theme for the remainder of this year, folks. Hopefully, we can stop saying this group has to have help right this moment, send up the SOS flare, but the defensive line certainly needs it. Uh, you need to be able to get guys and rotate guys in and bring in experience. For me, a lot of this is experience. at, at They call it the SEC level at this point, but at, at the P5 level, even if you didn't get a ton of PT, having that kind of framework coming out of high school, I mean, 6'2", 300 this guy is, is built to be an SEC defensive line. My My big thing is finding suitable bodies. I think that's probably the biggest piece for me and the key to my top five is as I kind of make this up as I go on the fly. You just excuse me with that, but making sure that you you bring in a pedigree. I'm going to go back to that word of of that kind of work, I think that kind of weight 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 regimen and that kind of coaching. I mean there's a level of there's an adjustment period. For, for kids when they come in as as freshmen or when they transfer from, let's just call a spade a spade, non-P5s. It's different. The competition level is different. It's, 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 this is the toughest conference in the country. Don't let anybody tell you anything otherwise. Bringing in a guy that has just departed from a team that was in the Final Four this year, that was on a, a college football playoff team and a team that probably could have snuck their way into the national championship game if a couple of things would have gone differently against UW, this is a huge pickup. Uh, in in my book, Dylan, uh, and and a guy that's certainly going to get snaps in twenty twenty four, and meaningful, lots of meaningful snaps.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to keep the Texas route going to my number two guy, uh, Jaron Thompson, uh, safety out of Texas. Auburn brought in two Texas guys from the transfer portal. Uh, Jaron Thompson, a guy who I I think he adds in another veteran, some veteran leadership to this team that desperately needs it. Uh, Auburn's a very young team this year defensively, especially in that secondary. Uh, I, I think Auburn's starting corner this year is going to be Kyan Lee, who yep. is a true sophomore. This is so, going to be a legend. And Keontae Scott, I guess, too. Uh, I always forget that Keontae Scott has moved outside corner now. So Keontae Scott, veteran leadership. And then second guy, Kyan Lee. Uh, I think Jaron Thompson, uh, I, I think I've heard it both ways. He's either, either going to be playing safety or that star position. Uh, and I think that strong our position stays with McGriff and, and the new leadership of the defensive line. Sure. Uh, defensive defensive uh, side of the ball with D.J. E. Durkin. Uh, but Jared Thompson, just a guy who can make any play on the field. Uh, never really got a lot of interceptions, uh, which we're kind of used to that. Uh, when you have a good defensive back, D.J. D- D- James was one of the best cover corners we've ever seen, but and right. Colorado Davis as well, but never got a lot of interceptions. Uh, definitely a guy who can make some uh, disruptions in the backfield. Uh, and a guy who – if he starts at free safety where Jalen Simpson was, I think Auburn is going to skip a beat in the safety positions. And I think he even gets a little bit better uh, with the addition of Laquan Robinson, my number three guy.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm with you about Jaron Thompson. And I was I was actually gonna mention his experience pedigree. I'm, I'm gonna switch just because you already you already spoke to him. I'm gonna talk a little bit about Antonio Kite for a second. Um and and guys, if there's a newcomer DB to this program, they're gonna get snaps this year. They're gonna get a lot of them. Um this DB room was just depleted. By the NFL draft. And that's what you want to see uh, out of out of a perennial. I, I guess you perennially want to see that the NFL comes in and, and cherry picks your DBs because that means that you're really good in pass coverage. Uh, that's that's super, super important. Antonio Kite doesn't bring a ton of experience with him, but he brings once again. Uh, this is a huge huge factor for me. He played under Nick Saban. I, I, look, he 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 he's gone now, guys. You can you can sit here and admit, okay, I'm I'm kind of glad that this guy received some coaching from Coach Saban. Like you can you can say that now. And, and T-Rob. And, and T-Rob, thank you, exactly. And, and you've got a guy that's going to come in and it's not had his opportunity yet to really get those meaningful snaps uh, and and has that opportunity to go out and impress people. Also, he's coming in with the same level of less experience than Kyan Lee, but the people around him, the Jaron Thompsons uh, that, that you mentioned, Zion Puckets, are going to be imperative and very impactful. For this, for this newcomer group, I mean, we're going to have guys out there that we aren't even going to have memorized their numbers yet by game one uh, on, the, on the secondary, anchoring down the back of the back half of that defense. And it's imperative that they're impactful. That's, I guess, part of it for me as well. Not just guys that I, I think may wind up being big contributors, but that simply have to be if this, if this team's going to be successful. Uh, and Antonio Kite's one of them. Not to mention you get to play a team in, that wears crimson at the end of the year that you really, really, really want some vengeance on. That never hurts.
0: Yeah, it would not hurt to get some vengeance against that team, uh, especially because Auburn is not one in that specific uh, stadium. And, so, and they won't in 2024. But <laughs> well, since uh, one superhero came through and had to. They named
1: the game after him? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number one guy uh, is a true freshman coming yeah, in. Yeah, mine
1: too. Yeah. Well, well, yeah Dylan speaks on behalf
0: of both of us for here. Five star wide receiver number nine, 99 overall per 24 seven sports six foot three 180 pounds was a former texas a&m commit turned auburn commit turned auburn signee mr cameron coleman is my most impactful freshman or newcomer coming through for 2024 i think this kid is going to play right away uh looking at the wide receiver room i definitely think he could be one of those two out starting outside uh, wide receivers uh, the issue is uh, we don't know who's really going to play quarterback this year yet. Uh, we assume Peyton Thorne, and we will assume Not the
1: Peyton the time Thorne. or the place, Dylan.
0: <laughs> but Cam Coleman is just a playmaker all on all sides of being a wide receiver. He is fast. He's a good route runner. He has great hands. He can jump to the moon. When you look at a wide receiver that you can build an offense around, uh, Cam yeah. Coleman is that exact replica. That's the reason why he's rated the way he is and why every single team in the country would kill to have Cam Coleman.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna. You you mentioned all the tw- I mean, the kids got all the tools, um, and, and I'm I'm gonna leave that there. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take a second here and don't talk about why it's important that Cam Coleman works out at Auburn and Perry Thompson for that matter too. Um, this this entire group of receivers that's you know the Freeze Three, right? Uh, uh, the Freeze, freeze
0: Five: uh, Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson, Bryce freeze. Kane. Uh, Bryce, um,
1: free, freeze Four.
0: Uh, Bryce Kane. I'm trying to remember who. I I, I hate that I'm not remembering. It. Oh my God! He wins to Booker T. Washington. Oh, my God. I need help from the chat <laughs> until I can I can find it. Oh, it's going to bother me. Malcolm Simmons. I got to probably look it up. Malcolm Simmons. And, of course, cannot forget Dylan Gentry.
1: Okay. Freeze five. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I, I think of the big three and in, in that being Perry Thompson, uh, Cam Coleman, and Bryce Kane. That, that, that's where my head goes. But let, let, me, let me tell you why it's important that this group of freshmen uh, wide receivers works out at Auburn and it doesn't have to be off all, all of them but it needs to be the majority of them. You've got Julius Solomon?
0: No, it's uh Malcolm Simmons. He went like, to he went to uh Benjamin Russell, not Oh, Becker. that's
1: a that's a whole different. AJ Rivera said Dylan Gentry biggest impact, which is true. Um sorry, so that's Dylan a whole
0: did not uh he went to South Carolina. I was about to
1: say I think there's a, either a second in the hey, chat awesome. I'm just lost on, which could be ha- happening. Anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna dial back. Don't set the foundation right now, and you don't establish that Hugh Freeze is this wide also wide receiver whisperer that that you've seen in the past. Circa a couple guys that are making big impacts in the NFL right now. You're gonna have to come up with a new sales pitch, uh, and 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 you need proof of concept at offered you, you do. Because let's call a spade a spade here, folks. Auburn is not exactly wide receiver you. There have been some really, really good guys come through through Auburn. I mean, Darius Slayton's made a great career out of the NFL. It's not not been anything spectacular, nothing, you know, hall of fame worthy, but he's been a solid guy and has made Daniel Jones look a hell of a lot better than he is. Um
0: which is a Hall of Fame uh resume enough.
1: That's <laughs> you know what? You you've got a really, really good point. But I mean, Seth Williams didn't pan out in the in the NFL the way he probably should have and got screwed by a number of factors, but neither here nor there. You've got to have proof of concept at Auburn. Uh, you've got your pedigree at, at, at Ole Miss, and your track record speaks for itself there, but you got to prove that you're still there. Uh, and if this group doesn't step up and do it with the amount of buzz, I mean, Auburn's never had a better incoming wide receiver class in my lifetime um, that uh, I could recollect. In lifetime. Yeah, and that I could recollect. If you, if you can prove that you can turn some of these guys into NFL prospects, life gets easier down the road. And, and if you're looking through the lens of Hugh Freeze is the answer at Auburn, you need to be thinking about these kind of things now. And that's one of those down the road should be like a four or five year turnaround where you're just telling guys, hey, look, we did it. We've done it more than once. Our resume speaks for itself. You're going to get you're going to improve your skill set. You're going to go high in the draft here at Auburn. We're going to set you up for success. That's why this group's got to work, and that's why I'm with you, that no one's more important than Cam Coleman in this group. That guy needs to go in the first round, first, second, third round of the NFL draft. I'm I'm not joking. He he needs to go in the first, second, or third round of the NFL draft.
0: His uh, comparison on 24-7 sports is George Pickens.
1: Cool. He needs to go in the first three rounds of the draft. I'm not I'm not even touching that with a 10-foot pole. I cannot stand George Pickens, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> now feels like a great time to remind everybody, if you're hanging out with us here in the chat, make sure you like, subscribe, ring the, uh, ring the bell right here on the YouTube channel for the College Loop Podcast so you can stay up to date with everything going on right here with us and the War Report Podcast family network, whatever you want to say. I like the word family. It's more endearing. Family. Hashtag family. Uh, and if you guys want to continue to support the podcast, if you're not listening on the YouTube stream, if as you're listening to this one back, if you're on one of our streaming platforms, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. I will not forget Dylan. I'm getting there in a second. Make Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Make sure you give us five stars or a thumbs up, whatever the highest rating is on your streaming platform of choice. Share it with a friend. I'm doing this so you don't have to do this in post. You're welcome. And <laughs> that way we can continue to grow the College of Family. If you want to support the show in other ways, head over to thewarreport.com. Pick up your very own College Loop War Report Podcast Network co branded feeling loopy t-shirt. Only $25 comes in five different colorways. Most comfortable shirt you'll ever own. Got mine hanging up. Just came out of the dryer this afternoon. When you pick up your shirt, make sure you use hashtag feeling loopy. That's feeling without the G on whatever stream, uh, almost a streaming platform. If you're on a streaming platform, go for it. But whatever social media platform makes you the happiest, tag us in it. We'll make sure we throw it up on the next show and next live stream. Thank you guys for your continual love and support. You're the reason we're able to do what we want to do and what we are able to do right here on the College Loop Podcast. Let's get back into it. Let's talk. I'm checking the rundown to make sure I'm not skipping ahead because I get really excited for this segment. I want to make sure we're talking. Let's talk Auburn men's basketball. I want to make sure I didn't jump over anything. Sorry, guys. I'm in a million different places. AJ Rivera said he uh, says that Cam Coleman needs to be with Chuma slash Isaac what's for Auburn basketball and showing that Auburn can develop guys. Boom. Nailed it. Great segue. Great comparison. Let's talk about Auburn basketball. AJ, that was great. Uh, you nailed that. That's 100% correct. Proof of concept, right? Speaking of proof of concept, Auburn proved – gave us some proof of concept that they can win quad one games on the road on Saturday. And yes, I know Auburn was down going into half, but second half and overall game outlook here, folks, a 14-point win isn't the sexiest thing you've ever seen, but Auburn had this game in control pretty much the whole time. Even when they were down, it never felt like Auburn was out of control. They were just beating themselves. That's that's really the, the narrative that I'm going to choose to push. Ole Miss fans can cry about it. You got swept this year. Maybe we'll talk next year. Although I will say Beard has that team rolling. They are going to be really, really good in the near, in the near future. I don't like saying that, but they are going to yes. be very, very
0: Texas good. was stupid.
1: Yeah, correct. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, but, I mean, either way, he would want to be in the SEC. So, you know, it is yeah. what it is. Um, let's talk a little bit about notable Auburn guys. So, uh, Alan Flanagan dropped 20. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Alan Flanagan had a, had a nice little game. Um,
0: He's had two this year against Auburn.
1: Let's talk about the duality of Auburn here. First things first, this is a great win in the way you slice it or dice it. Was the fr- first half hair pull like hair pulling frustration? Sure, um, and it was because of silly, stupid mistakes and turnovers. I mean, Auburn turned the ball over I think eleven times, and it felt like thirty seven. It felt like you turn every time you turn around, Auburn had thrown a sloppy like you know playing three on three pick up, up cross court pass. Um, Trey Donaldson, I'm looking at you, Aiden Holloway. I'm looking at you, but that's, that's neither here nor there. This group found a new way to win. And I feel like they do it all the time, which is, which is huge where you're at right now and found found themselves back on track. It is a little concerning to me that it took Auburn 20 minutes to realize maybe you should feed Janai Broom. Um, that was weird, but his defensive presence was there all all day. I mean, he pulled down nine rebounds, seven on the defensive end of the glass, I think he had, what, three blocks? I mean, he, he played his best, best brand of ball. He just didn't feed him enough. But you didn't really have to because Jalen Williams looked like the Jalen Williams he can be when he wants to play basketball, which is a whole other side tangent I'll go on some other time. I've got a theory that Jay will picks in the days that he doesn't, does not want to play well. Because when he decides he's going to, he plays lights out. When he doesn't really seem to care, he's just a non-factor. How about your boy, Dylan? How about your boy, Chad Baker-Mazar?
0: Dude, those both those psychopath brothers I I love so much. Shabazz comes off the bench, puts up a nice little fifteen points, nine rebounds, got two assists and a block for Mister Shabazz I Got, got a, I think he's one of those guys who got a technical foul, uh, and can't forget Katie Johnson getting probably the best tech I've ever seen this season. Uh, whenever he I think last what forty seconds of the game. Oh, I've never
1: been more okay with a technical foul in my life. <laughs>
0: threw down that monster dunk hung off of it and then just screamed at the stands i think that on the, on that
1: little quick side tangent i would have been pissed at just about anybody else except for maybe cbm uh for something like that i would have been i would have been annoyed because you don't need to add um you know whiteboard uh material for anybody but everybody already hates katie johnson unless you're an auburn fan
0: like like he, he is the most would you say I don't know how you can. He's, he's like the thing. You, he, you would know.
1: You would absolutely, if he played for anybody else, you would know and you would get it. And, I don't know. I, lo- I love
0: those psychotic players like
1: that. And, well, I mean, like to Katie Johnson's credit, like he's really good at harnessing the whole, I'm the villain thing. It works for some people. A young man that wears number 11 for the Atlanta Hawks has harnessed it beautifully and made a great career out of it. I mean, like there, th- that, is, that is kind of the role that Katie Johnson played, but he played a great basketball game in large. His shot selection is getting better. He's moving the ball. The the one more passes are a thing of beauty. Auburn had a handful of possessions in the second half. which the first half we can all kind of collaboratively pretend didn't happen, but that we can't do yeah. that actually. But but the the there is a, a true art in Auburn understanding the one more pass and having the the self awareness that I have an, I have a good look, but if I skip one more pass, they have a great look, and the shot selection is evident. I mean Auburn was seven of nine. 15, let's see, 12 of 27, sorry. 12 of 27 from deep and hit 44, that's 44.4%. Folks, that is nutty. Auburn shot the ball uh, atypically well on, uh, compared to what they usually do on the road. And from the field, what were they, a collaborative 54-7? That gets the job done mm, damn near every time, especially in the second half when you shot 73%. I mean, it's it, the basket was the size of an ocean. Like, it, it, it really... Really is uh, unbelievable. Andrew Rivera brought up a great point. Does CBM start Wednesday? In parentheses, I think he should. Um, Chris Moore shouldn't start. Uh, that's I, I don't even think I need to explain that, guys. Um, this is kind of but like it's part of trusting the process. There's still some times right now where like there'll be a group on the floor, and I'm like, who the hell's supposed to score? Like who? And and then some other times like who's supposed to play defense? i I'm, I'm a little lost. Like. But yeah, I'm I'm with you there, AJ. I do think CBM sooner than later we'll get that starting nod. Um, he, play,
0: he plays he the should. minutes regardless.
1: Yeah, he's going to play the minutes regardless. But he probably should start against Alabama. Then again, if you don't let him start, there is this like intangible element that he's less likely to get teed up in the first half um, because it is really chippy when you walk out on the floor. And like Chris Moore is odd; he's a weird phenomenon, isn't he? um sometimes you look and you're like man i'm really glad Simo's on the floor he's a hustle guy he's good at getting boards he's good on defense i don't want him to shoot ever from anywhere at all matter of fact i i don't even want him to touch the ball on offense which is your inherent problem um but he played fine he played fine on saturday uh saturday afternoon i mean he had his one three that you get every six games from chris moore it was electric. It was from the corner, as it always is. In the same corner, right corner, um, <laughs> as as it always is for, for Chris Moore. But I'm, I'm with AJ there. Um, starting CBM would be my call. I'm not Bruce Pearl, and he's never asked for my input.
0: I my think problem. Auburn's best five for that game would probably be Trey, Denver, uh, Jalen, CBM, and then Janai. And that's your, yeah. your, your best scoring five yeah, as well what? as your most balanced five.
1: Also, like Denver Jones is awesome. Like we already knew this, but oh my! I wanted I, him to shoot I love, more. I
0: love him. I
1: want. What was he? He was only two of five from three point land. It felt like he was seven of uh, seven.
0: Like I, I, yeah, I, I made to do a game. Let a let a spark in him. You
1: like, know how we always talk about guys put up like here's a great example. Jay will put up a quite quiet sixteen. He had a couple of emphatic dunks, right? But like a quiet sixteen where he didn't feel like he was dominating the game, but he led the led Auburn in scoring. Denver Jones put up the loudest eleven points I've ever seen. I I think it, we can start saying things like that, right? Like that's an that's a loud eleven points.
0: I completely. I, I think we can. I Denver Jones has been one of those guys who it took him a while to kind of really get into uh, like a groove offensively. Uh, but we're just get touches, like yeah. It, I, again, he they, Aiden Holloway. I cannot wait to see how he develops into a player throughout his career. Uh, probably his two year career. Uh, and I think we saw Aiden Holloway take better shots against all against Miss. He only shot two, he only shot five and made two of them, I believe. If or made one of one of four, same, uh, finish. Sure. Uh, we didn't see Aiden Holloway just go into the game and start throwing up threes.
1: Yeah.
0: And Trey Donaldson has proven to be a, a better facilitator of the ball than and dude.
1: He is physical.
0: Yeah. And it's that football player um, coming up. It is.
1: No, it, it really is.
0: So Bruce Pearl might need might to start recruiting more uh, dual-sport athletes.
1: <laughs> Side tangent here, guys. I'm going to talk about a guy that uh, only only dropped four points on on Saturday night. I am a Chaney Johnson enjoyer now. Um, I wasn't a hater. Also, backtrack, my whole uh, conversation I had yesterday with somebody like close to the program, um, and close to our program and that program, for lack of a better term. Um, Denver Jones is a better Zep Jasper. Just putting that out there loves all the love in the world is that and they even wear the same number but like all the world in the, love in the world is that but like i think denver jones is eight like much better zep jasper um, well
0: denver jones i love that too denver can score
1: yeah and well zep's a little and rep- play,
0: and play the and play the same caliber of defense yes but
1: close that was really close, good so. on the defensive end of the ball um uh, but but,
0: hold you to three points but scored one and a half correct and a half, he do
1: it but he yeah so he would find a way he would find a way. Um, <laughs> back to my previous point Chaney Johnson's becoming very valuable in this team guys I understand that he does not put up the sexiest stat lines and, and he won't I, I don't I don't think he will but yeah AJ Rivera said Chaney wins award for most improved throughout the season yeah and 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 to your point AJ like like I said it's not the sexiest stat line you've ever seen but people don't want to run at him they don't want to come get the ball downhill and they don't want to let him get the ball downhill I think Chaney Johnson is gonna we're gonna get a game and it may be in March. Where Cheney Johnson just goes like just absolutely off off the chain, literally, met, you know, metaphorically, and there, there's your good pun. But, <laughs> but this young man has added another layer of of just problems you have to deal with at forward. We used to talk about how Janai Broom would come out of the game, and you have to deal with Dylan Cardwell. Well, Dylan Cardwell's not been great as of late. He's been he was fine on Saturday. He did what you <laughs> well, needed. Him
0: defensively, to do. he's been very good. Correct. Offense, saw the ball and the fouls so that he's he kind correct. Of, off a little bit.
1: Correct. But now we're talking about, you know, you've got Jay Will playing that kind of true four, three, four, kind of hybrid position. And then you've got Chad Baker-Bizarro, who's kind of a guard, but also, like, way better at the forward. And then you bring Chaney Johnson into the mix. And, like, how the hell do you deal with this group? How do you game plan? Because they're all so different. But they all bring something very, very important and, and kind of have, like, a, like a, like a three-person Venn diagram. Like, there's some shared traits, but also, like, they all present their own unique challenges. And you typically don't have three forwards that can cover those three skill sets. I, I, I think he's tremendously valuable. And yesterday was a textbook example, Dylan, Dylan of what this – I said Dylan. I'm sorry. Dylan, of of what this team really can be when they balance out minutes. I was also thrilled to see Leor Berman only get three. I know, I know you, everybody loves him. It's time to start – reeling those in like, like it was actually time to start reeling those in about 40 games ago
0: yeah i'd probably say the bama game
1: <laughs> yeah he was awesome against flannon in the ole miss game
0: yeah but then you put him on mark sears and
1: i don't even want to talk about that so what are you doing? i will that say was... shout
0: out auburn in that first half though uh the one good thing they did was give me a reason to build this uh lego nissan skyline from is that the one from fast and furious yeah it is uh Paul oh, that's sick. I was able to build right. that during the game because I was like, I can't watch this. I can't right watch. Rest in Walker, this. bro. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, but <laughs> that was like the highlight of my first half. Uh, but I, I agree, Leor. I I love Leor Berman. I love him to death. Uh, it's about Auburn time. They, He's an man through and through. Him and Chris Chris Moore both. It's about time that those two probably start averaging about three to four minutes a game.
1: James okay. Burnett said, fellas, don't forget BP as the guys sold on their roles in this team. I think that's why you see scoring for individual players at certain times. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and you know, I, it was actually a good point uh, made on the broadcast yesterday is that Bruce was, uh, was open and honest with his guys and saying, I'm going to play a boatload of dudes. I think there are only complaint if there's such a thing right now, James, is that it is time to tell a couple of those guys, look, you're not going to be in the 15-plus minute range um you're you really aren't going to be close so you just need to go and uh, embrace that role and know that the only time you're going to get minutes like that is when guys get in foul trouble um that's where i'm at aj said cbm is a big reason why the bench is it five is one of the most efficient in the, in the nation yeah sort of
0: um i, I this, think this um Dylan Cardwell played very well during the, for those rankings then katie johnson also comes and offers another – it's more than just CBM. But CBM definitely should be in, like, the starting five. Sure. Uh, starting Wednesday.
1: <laughs> sure. Um, as, as we look forward, this Wednesday is the biggest one to the, this point of this year. Uh, and they only get bigger. This schedule went from, like, not something I was concerned about to something I'm very concerned about in a heartbeat. Um, because you get Alabama, and we'll do a whole preview show on Wednesday about Auburn's chances. And I think Auburn's going to beat the brakes off this Alabama team on Wednesday. Um, I think that if if they can kind of piece together what the 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 things that they've done correctly over the past couple of games, I think they're they're in good shape, especially being on home court. Then you got to travel to Gainesville. That Florida team is weird as hell. I don't get it. I don't I, I don't I don't really know that God, Todd Golden gets it. Um th- that team is weird. South Carolina's for real. They are a real team uh that is that has a real shot at winning the SEC regular season and will probably wind up with a First, uh, not playing until Friday in the SEC tournament. Who saw that coming? Not me. Kentucky is Kentucky. Uh, that's going to be a, a tough one. And and they 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 played Tennessee like hell yesterday. Uh, then you get Georgia and Athens. I mean, give me a break, man. Like Tennessee and Knoxville, Mississippi State's coming back to Auburn, but that's a team you've already lost two once this year. And they've been playing pretty good basketball. They're going to make the tournament. Then you get Missouri. I feel good about that one. <laughs> And then you got to try. You got you got you get, you get to wrap up your season at home, but you got to play Georgia again. And that Georgia team is not horrid for no reason. I I, I don't really get it particularly. Uh, they got a couple guys that can shoot from absurd range, and they kind of live and die by that three ball. But that's I mean this schedule scares the hell out of me. Um, it, it, there's there's another loss or two sitting in there. I mean there's three super losable games.
0: Kentucky's in Neville, right?
1: Yeah, Kentucky's at the next, And
0: Tennessee is
1: – And Knoxville. You get to go – you got go back to go back-to-back. Georgia and Athens, Tennessee and Knoxville. I I don't love either one of those games. I don't like
0: that.
1: I, yeah, no, I really I really don't. And then you get – your your last road game of the year is Missouri and Como, which I feel pretty good about. Um, AJ said all but like three or quad one. I can tell you right now, Florida's going to wind up being quad one because it's on the road. South Carolina should be quad one because of where they're at. Kentucky's quad one. Georgia is going to be one or two. They'll be fringe on the road, maybe one. Um, Tennessee, quad one. Mississippi State, probably quad two, depending. I don't know. They It's, yeah, it was, think, it's a top 70, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I uh, think they're – No, right.
1: that's, that's a quad one. Missouri's going to be like a quad three, um, maybe quad four.
0: Missouri's on the quad. Uh,
1: that's 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 statistically impossible
0: i they're just that bad man uh
1: and then georgia at home will be a one or two depending on where they're at but good point aj i mean you got for sure one two three obviously alabama quad one one two three four your next four games are quad ones uh four five out of your next six are for sure quad ones and then potentially six or seven Quad ones remaining. Depending on, you need some help from Georgia. Georgia's got to win a couple of ball games, um, which no one's going to root for it to happen. I, I
0: think they're like, was it eight games? I think or eight, like eight wins or eight points away from being in the quad one category. Yeah,
1: which I mean that by that point could be a quad one, and you're and you're going to be on the road, which helps. Yeah. Um, I mean Auburn's net, if they win, if they if they only drop a couple more. And I, I'm telling you guys, go and break, You're going to lose that game in Knoxville. Uh, they're not losing at home. Um,
0: the game I, might be another like 38 to 35 game or whatever. If it loses
1: one or, and or two more, your net's still in the top 10 at the end of the year. And I, I, I think that's how the math checks out. Um, They're in good shape. AJ said three or less losses is really positive. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean – I think you beat Kentucky at home. I think you get Alabama at home this week. Um, South Carolina is a big one. That's the team that you really – I'm more stressed about dropping um, dropping your home win streak to than than Kentucky. Uh, I say that because you bring your A game when you play UK. I, I, I know there's that whole bit about, you know, is it a pants-on kind of day or whatever, like no pants day. Like, you know, everyone's here to see Kentucky. But, like, they are a perennially good ball club that regardless of – whether or not the guys in that Auburn locker room pay attention to the outside noise. No, you know, UK produces NBA talent and everybody wants to get the best of them, which is why they get the best of everybody. Every game. I like Auburn's chances there. I, I hate them in Knoxville. Um, y'all come up with whatever you want me to do. If Auburn wins in Knoxville, I'm going to act a fool. Um, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to be reckless and irresponsible.
0: Do you need um, the bug glasses? What'd you say? Are you going to need the bug glasses for a
1: show? No. no, 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 no. I'm going to pick Auburn to lose that game by 20. Um, that but
0: has you know, not playing. So the game doesn't matter in Knoxville in Tennessee, in Kentucky. That's what I was referring. I forgot. Well, I, it's
1: not, well, it's not at Kentucky. It's at home.
0: I know, but Tai wasn't, is it playing? So the game doesn't matter regardless. You're right. That's yeah. Okay. AJ I just was, said for you to shave your hair, if they beat Tennessee and Knoxville. I don't. Okay.
1: That might be, there might be a line there. Because like Auburn,
0: I'm going to cut the film of you, of me saying that you're saying, okay. And
1: then, yeah, no, we're not. I don't think I'm going to do that. I will act a fool. I don't think I'm about shaving my head. Um, We'll see where Auburn's at when we get there. And we'll, we'll reverse we'll Mohawk. Reverse my, what the, okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> anywho, let's <laughs> talk uh, about to Auburn's media uh, for that, <laughs> I let's, that.
1: Let's flip over to the women's side of the ball and talk a little bit. About Auburn's loss to South Carolina at home in front of a good crowd at Neville Arena. 5476, guys. Uh James pointed out that Tennessee already lost at home. Yes. No, I i I, I should have phrased that better. I they're not losing at home again. Um uh, James, I'm not I'm not hating. Um, but that team is really, really good and they're not peaking yet, but they're, they're close. The state, right? What's
0: up? You lost the state, right?
1: I think so, yes. Yeah, I, mean, I knew that. I, mean, I know they lost at home. I just don't think they lose at home twice this year. Um, unfortunately, Rick Barnes' team is really good, and I'm perpetually scared. And also, yeah. drop in the chat if you've ever been to a, an Auburn basketball game at um, Knoxville, and tell me if you had a good time. Uh, I challenge you. Um, I did not. I had the most. I hate that town. That town's a shithole. Um, and if you're a Tennessee fan watching this, I your your town is a scum dumpster. Um, so that's really just how I feel about it um but it is one of the better environments of college basketball like it it is a it is a phenomenal environment for college basketball that's why i hated it is my team played so poorly that i was not having a good time and the fans are horrid um yeah for whatever reason i can't is that
0: ukrainian dude still there i can't remember his name
1: yes um shoot he's like 57 years old um (laughs) he's
0: dirty as crap and playing wise (laughs) he just sucks yeah, you're All right. actually right. I'm going to let you go. I, I don't even want to look up his name. I don't even care. I don't want to know his name. I'll know it when we play Tennessee. So Auburn lost in women's basketball to South Carolina, number one team in the country, 76-54 to uh, earlier this week. Scott Grayson put up 31 points, and what was a pretty good showing for Coach J and Co held, t- held South Carolina to their lowest point total in a half this season to only 27 points uh this is not a game we expected to win uh it is a game that probably went the exact way it uh, finished the exact way it should have uh, auburn lost by 22 points to the best team that this team you were
1: thinking of uh euros plavsic and he is in the league now he's from serbia in the league he's in the league g league
0: okay okay more more reason i i i assumed when you said league i don't even then uh, nba i was like uh no no the shot he is i don't believe you uh dude was missing layups
1: i was trying to figure out if you who you were talking about for a second there i didn't know if you were getting this kai ziegler's name mixed up because he's from long island and he's like a million years old
0: no it was uh, uh, plus. somehow
1: he's a junior by the way
0: it was, it was all plus, plastic I, I hate that dude
1: <laughs> which i call bs on ziegler only being a junior um and they've got dalton connect who's going to go in the first round of the nba draft anyways on to women's basketball
0: yeah, again, hell, Oscar Grayson put up 31 points against South Carolina. They're currently in a close contest uh, with Arkansas right now. That game probably going to end uh, either during the show or qu- uh, shortly after, as minutes 24 left. Game is tied, 67-67. But uh, that game against South Carolina, uh, this team showed out. I-, I don't think this is a bad loss whatsoever. This is a quad one loss. If I've ever seen a quad one loss before. Uh, Auburn uh, and Coach Shea coming off of mm-hmm. Uh, back-to-back wins, I believe. Uh, they are just rolling. Uh, you just have having to play the best team in in women's basketball.
1: Yeah, I mean, in Arkansas not a team to sneeze at either. Which update? Uh, Arkansas sixty-eight, Auburn sixty-seven.
0: Yeah, it's made a free throw. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. That game looking like it's going to, or, uh, the or. Connor's got words are hard. There on Scott Grayson putting up twenty-four points. Now I just kind of flubbed my entire brain for a second. Also, Gregson already has 24 points. Taylor Collins got 12. Uh, Sun has got 10. Uh, That's all of the Auburn players in double figures. Uh, After that, Sydney Shaw with seven. Uh, And Auburn's currently have given up 31 points to Talia Scott of Arkansas. So that game is going to go down to the wire. And
1: we'll Uh, let you all know if that one ends before this one wraps up, which it probably
0: will. Uh, Six seconds.
1: Big, big thing for me, by the way, just kind of touching base really quickly. This is the last thing I want to say about Auburn women's basketball versus number one, South Carolina. First off, South Carolina is winning the national championship this year. That's just going to happen. Go ahead and wrap that wrap your brain around it. But guys, like it was not that long ago that we were sitting here going, well, maybe Auburn won't lose by 40 to a team like South Carolina or LSU. Like this is closing the gap. This is what closing the gap looks like. Twenty two point losses don't feel good to anybody. But that comes after an absolute you handed Georgia an ass um the game before. And let's not forget, like, breaking that streak against Alabama. Probably should have won that game against Vanderbilt. A upset win over LSU. I mean, this group, and your losses are close with the exception of, let's not talk about Texas A&M. Um, everything else pretty close. Your schedule is favorable coming down the stretch. I mean, you get Missouri, Kentucky, Alabama, and LSU again, A&M, Mississippi State, Florida. You're actually going to wind up in the middle of the pack of the SEC, in my opinion. Uh, Auburn's not losing to A&M again. I don't think so. Um, I, I don't. I know that the first game of the season tells of the SEC slate tells a little bit different tale where AM came in or, you know, Auburn went to AM and they kind of just handed it to him. Auburn was not put together then. Didn't know what their rotation was going to look like in the SEC, in SEC play. And, and they've re- reached that point now. Um, let's see here. I just got an update on women's basketball. Appears um, Auburn is down by three, 72 69. Arkansas up with less than a minute to go 37 seconds remaining in the fourth so it looks like auburn may not be able to pull that one out there's plenty of opportunities for wins coming down the road probably not going to win in baton rouge but i don't see another game you can't compete in dylan like like you're not going to get lsu twice in a year that's just just not going to happen
0: yeah i mean that's always going to be a difficult game i I, I was even surprised that auburn pulled out that first one
1: Uh, Uh, you and everybody else
0: yeah, exactly. That that was everyone went crazy. ESPN was talking about it. It, it, it was wild seeing national uh, media attention covering Auburn, Auburn women's basketball, women's basketball. Uh, and just the love that they've been getting uh, from the students and the fans and uh, the media in general. Uh, women's sports, it, it's, it's games like that are good for that, uh, and it's definitely a sport that needs more light shining on it. Uh, I, again, I stand by. If Auburn had six six thousand people in the stands against South Carolina, Auburn would have won that game. I stand by it. Uh, the math speaks for itself. Auburn is is currently two and zero in games of six thousand or more fans in the stands. <laughs> I'm trying to prolong the the chat about <laughs> this game, but well, the third we can, is,
1: we, we can always circle back to this because we are. I was going to let you kind of cook a little bit about Auburn gymnastics when their quad meet um, victory over uh, Fisk, Talladega, and Temple.
0: Yeah, I'm going to uh, try to get the game pulled up so I can give you another uh, 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 walk off. Moment again, but I don't know if I can get it off in time.
1: I don't know that that's going to (laughs) happen.
0: You never know. Yeah. but yeah, Auburn did pull out the win in the in their quad meet against Fisk, Talladega, and Temple. Uh, Olivia Greaves debuted, and Gavin Gofflin claimed two event titles. Cassie Stevens, uh, news alert, uh, won the overall yet again. This is a. Yeah, exactly. And, and Auburn scored their highest season po- uh, points of the season with one ninety seven point uh, four two five. Uh, Auburn hit on all cylinders and, and for the first time this season, really in a in a, in a meet. Uh, you weren't playing against SEC caliber competition, but definitely in gymnastics, it doesn't really matter. It literally doesn't matter. <laughs> you could literally have the best. Uh, uh, Auburn had uh, Thuni Lee and Darion Goborn on, sa- on the same on the same team and we're losing meets. Like it doesn't matter how talented you are. You have to be on your A game every given night. On your uh, Ps and Fuse. Yeah, exactly. Auburn swept every single event. Uh Cassie Stevens got a nine nine two five on the vault, which getting Auburn any Auburn gymnast getting uh nine nines on vault is just the greatest thing to hear ever. Uh, but Arkansas yeah, I,
1: just buried this one by the way to 7469
0: Arkansas. Yeah. So rip. Auburn uh, Sarah Auburn got the, the second highest, 9-8 on the vault. Again, Auburn does what Auburn does best, and they show out in uh, gymnastics. Uh, we'll say Auburn does play Alabama in Neville Arena this Friday. I will be there uh, to support the Auburn gymnastics uh, because I have to go to at least one gym meet per year, to for mostly for Lauren, but also for me. That's mostly for me. Just kidding. It's a <laughs> exactly i take her to go see scottie McCurry uh yesterday and she takes me to go see gymnastics it's Seems Give like it a, good. Seems like yeah,
1: a good exactly. make sure yeah. to tune in that one should be on sec network on friday correct sc network espn it's been friday night heights auburn gymnastics lots of talent and as we mentioned throwing more difficult uh, routines by the week which is just how gymnastics works at the collegiate level you're not you're getting close to throwing everything you've got. They're not there yet, but you're you're getting closer and inching toward that. That is all we've got for the college league podcast. This one's not final yet, but it does appear as though Arkansas is going to win over Auburn women's basketball. What's up?
0: Uh, Auburn just scored, so it's 74-72. seventy two. Seventeen seconds left.
1: I just completely um, sold that, but let's see uh, let's see how this goes. I'm going to kind of ramble here for a second and go ahead and give start giving you guys the rundown. On all of our typical outro stuff. For those of you guys who've been hanging out with us here in the chat, thank you guys so much for hanging out. We appreciate you. Good to hear from everybody as always. Hopefully everybody had a great week. If uh if you also played thirty-six holes of golf and you're sore like I am, just know I feel your pain. Someone has to do it. It's a hell of a life, but that's a tough, tough challenge we all embrace around here. If you want to continue to support the show, make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell right here on the YouTube channel. If you're watching on the stream on Sunday night, if you're listening back on set on Monday morning or Monday afternoon, please make sure to go like, subscribe, and ring the bell. So you can stay up to date with everything coming out right here at the College Football Podcast and the World Report Podcast Network. If you want to continue to support the show in other ways beyond just that, beyond the YouTube stream, you can give us five stars and a thumbs up on your streaming platform of choice if you're listening on Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcast, Amazon Podcast, whatever you feel like, make sure you share the show with us there so we can continue to grow the family. You can also head over to the pick up your very own Feeling Loopy War Podcast Network College Loop Podcast co branded T shirt. I did that one out of order, but we're here we are. And pick up your very own. Like I said, that's linked in the description, so you don't have to type that in your search bar. Twenty five dollars, five different colorways. Use hashtag Feeling Loopy, Feeling without the G. On whatever social media platform makes you the happiest, tag us in it. We'll make sure we throw up your selfie of you wearing your feeling loopy t-shirt on the next stream, next show. So you guys are all prepared and we can shout out everyone here on the loop family, all the loopers. All right, Dylan, I'm Harrison Tar. at Buyer Harrison on the bird app and on Instagram. If you want to come hang out with me, appreciate you guys. You can give me me your your good takes, your bad takes, everything in between. Tell me how in the world I can get rid of this stutter that I've had the past two shows. I've never dealt with this in my life. I think it's because I'm trying to talk too fast and I'm just going to hand it over to Dylan. Tell everybody where they can find us, love us, support us and himself as well.
0: Uh, there's currently 1.7 seconds left. I believe Auburn has the ball on their side of the court. So I'm going to try to ramble on about this game as much as possible because they are currently doing a review on who touched the ball last. It doesn't like came off the Arkansas uh, – an Arkansas hand. Uh, <laughs> This review is taking forever, as uh, most reviews do, but I'll go ahead and do my outro, and hopefully the game will be over by that point, and we'll give a nice little update of that. But I'm Dylan Lock. I am Tank on Twitter slash X, that Y A B O Y, the tank. You also have me on Instagram as well at Dylan at D Y L A N L A R C K. And of course, you can find me right here on the college loop where you should like, comment, subscribe, leave your predictions for Auburn Hoops versus Alabama on Wednesday. Also, give us your top five most impactful newcomers onto this Auburn football squad for 2024 because this year uh, this roster is looking a lot better than it did last year and is beneficial to bring in guys like Perry Thompson, Bryce Kane, Malcolm Simmons, and Cam Coleman to that wide receiver room, especially Dylan Gentry, who are all immediate impact players. If I had to list – you're lucky I didn't have to go – I didn't do ten because it would have been five wide receivers and then five other guys uh, across position groups. Uh, And especially if we did top – uh, and give your thoughts on which freshman you think is going to make the most impact throughout their career. Uh, but of course, if you want to find the show and you're tired of hearing seeing our faces, you have the audio version of the show as well on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and of course, Amazon Music. And they're still doing a review. So I won't tell you to go check it out just yet, but I am going to look in the TV and see exactly what they're going to say because they are taking Forever, if anyone has any questions for the, ch- from the chat, now
1: is the time.
0: You can ask them. If not, we'll sit here in in rambling territory trying to get ready for the call, which is almost going to happen. And it looks like it is going to be Auburn's ball. With one point eight seconds left on the clock,
1: they they bumped up. They put another point one on the clock. I got one point seven.
0: I got one, 1. point. 8. So Auburn's going to have a chance to inbound the ball and try to tie You guys are watching
1: ball. Auburn Women's Basketball with the College Loop Live. It's going to have to be a tip pass, tip drill on the inbound. I think Dylan's a half a second ahead of me.
0: Yeah, you'll get a nice little reaction out of me first. Uh, and hopefully this one is memeable, but I don't know if it will be because uh, I don't like the chances of having to rely on uh, ones like this. Uh, there, that's game. Intercepted by an Arkansas defender, Uh, Auburn is going to lose the ball game uh, unless it is still. The ball stays. Yep, that stays with Point eight seconds left. I will say I do believe Marshawn Bostick was wide open. Or Sidney Shaw, Mm, I think.
1: They would have had him in a catch-and-shoot, but that's what you got to do anyway, so yeah.
0: And the catch-and-shoot is no good. That is final. 74-72, Auburn loses in Arkansas.
1: close.
0: Yeah. So after that long outro, uh, with all of that being said that we said about a couple minutes ago at this point, this has been the college loop podcast.
1: Love you guys.